I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Merlin, and we've almost done it, Chris. We're, wow. With this episode, uh, we only have two additional episodes, which is a two-part finale. Uh, finally, some secrets are revealed. Feels like we're finally getting some some conflict. Uh, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm feeling weird. You know, you just just saying the, the, you know, we've almost done it. We've almost covered every episode. I can still picture myself sitting in this room. I'm shivering because it's cold out and we're talking about troll farts in season two or something. It's so <laughs> weird. It's a, it's a nice spring day here today and we're getting ready to finish the series. It's it's odd. It is. It is kind of strange. Uh, real quick, let's uh, shout out our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week uh, for continuing to support us uh, through all of these episodes of Merlin. We very much appreciate it. Uh, if you want to join up, you can get episodes of this podcast early. You can get exclusive episodes or you can join our discord server and chat with some mostly cool folks. They're almost all cool. Like there's only one or two people in there that I, you know, absolutely hate with all of my guts, but <laughs> it's, it's it, listener. It's not you. Don't worry. <laughs> it's not you. Don't worry. If you're thinking, Hey, is it me? You know, it's, you know, it's no, not. no, no, it's definitely not you. Um, I wanted, I don't know when or where this is going to come out. I think we're, we recording ahead a little bit. Uh, but I do want to shout out our friends over at Carrying Wayward, uh, which mm-hmm. is a uh, supernatural podcast that Chris and I just recently guested on. Uh, they're in season six. They're doing episode by episode. So they have years of supernatural to go through. Uh, Marie and um, Drew are very, very kind people. They're very awesome. Uh, they have a, a really unique take on supernatural stuff. Uh, and it was so much fun to bring them down to our level over the course of about yeah. an hour and a half. Uh, had a lot of fun on that podcast. It was, it was, it was super fun. I almost felt bad that we, we had so much fun. <laughs> it was really good. Did you see that it inspired uh, fanfic? Did you see any of that? Oh, no, I didn't. We made a joke about there being like a uh, newsletter for monsters uh, to keep up with Sam and Dean. And um, oh, now I have no idea where they would have. Uh, Drama Queen 77. <laughs> That's just their. <laughs> there's, I'm just doxing them, I guess. That is their, um, whatchamacallit. Uh, well, the pictures aren't loaded on AO3 for some reason, but uh, she did a whole like, like a like she did a zine, Chris. She made a zine, is what she Perfect. did with yes. everything, and it's just absolutely. How did we brilliant. never make a Morgana zine? It's, How did we not do that? Honestly, we we really we're really bad at merch. Is the problem? We just yeah. don't. We just yeah. we make a bunch of jokes, and then we're like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll we'll get to that one day, and then we just immediately forget, and then people are like, you should make merch about this, and I'm like, we're you're, you're not wrong. Um, I'm rambling, Chris. Do you want to catch us up with what's been happening in Merlin? Uh, last time on Merlin, a druid named Finna contacted Merlin on behalf of Alator, who had been captured by Morgana. War brews at Camelot's doorstep, and Morgana's hunt for the one called Emrys continues. In the end, Finna sacrifices herself so that Merlin might fulfill his destiny, and at long last, Morgana has declared war once and for all. I want a little bit of past tense there. I want a little bit of present tense there. I wrote this at 7 in the morning. What can you expect? <laughs> Not much from you, Chris. Not much anymore. <laughs> I'm kidding. We're covering Merlin, Season 5, Episode 11, The Drawing of the Dark. Mordred finds himself torn between loyalty and love, but little does he realize that the path he chooses will shape Camelot's destiny. As the drums of war beat ever louder, a desperate Merlin feels trapped by the cruel circle of fate. Is he powerless to stop his dreams of Albion from crumbling to dust? This aired on December 15th, 2012, was directed by Declan O'Dwyer and written by Julian Jones. Uh, it's weird because you and I have been kind of complaining that there's not like a, a real threat happening. And in this episode, they're just like, yeah, we're at war with Morgana and she's attacking people all over the mm-hmm. place. And I feel like 
either we're dumb and we just didn't put the pieces together. I know that Morgana has been relatively aggressive, but it just, the threat didn't really feel threaty, if that makes sense. It never felt like a threat because every single time it's just like a random attempt at doing something wacky and then Merlin stops it and Mm -hmm. it doesn't become a threat. Um, Every situation it seems like they've handled thus far, but now she's teamed up with the Saxons. Uh, I think that this season has suffered a little bit from having the closed-in view of Merlin. Um, We are always focused on him and the people around him, Arthur Gwen. We spent so long on that Gwen subplot that it feels like we weren't ever really building the the growing tension or the threat of Morgana. I know Morgana was constantly there. She was constantly a threat, but it didn't feel like that was building, really. It just felt like it was continuing. And now, at the end of last episode, it just escalated. Like, oh, she's declared war, and now we're there. Mm -hmm. Um, And even with Mordred here, who was good up until this episode... Suddenly he's going to be evil. It's it's the same issue that we had with Morgana back in the day where, yes, there was the seed of something there. And then suddenly they kind of just flip a switch and like, sorry, we got to focus on this. I think that's just the nature of the type of show that it is, that we are always going to be focused on Merlin's adventures. So sometimes you have to do these other things quite suddenly. Um, we've been waiting for this with Mordred to happen for a while, though. We've been spoiled with modern fantasy series, I think, because, um, you know, watching stuff like the new Lord of the Rings series or Game of Thrones or um, really like the Wheel of Time series, even like it's Mm. it's it's fantasy. These big epic fantasy adventures have become so not focused on any one specific character. Like there's obviously a star, right, or a group of stars. But you're you're absolutely right that Merlin is so zoomed in on the titular character of Merlin that sometimes it's hard to realize what's happening in the world around them that's not related directly to Merlin or, you know, Morgana's threat to Camelot. Um, so I think having having a little bit more zoomed out approach would have would have done well. But also this was 2012, so I can't. I'm not gonna. Sure, <laughs> it's, sure. it's been yeah, over what a decade. What could you do different? It's yeah. just like every episode, Leon checks in and he's like, "We have to, you know, double the patrols because Morgana and the Saxons have attacked over here." Where I don't know if we wanted to spend time on a subplot where where Gwen and Leon are stationed out at some fortress and they are trying to hold back this advancing force and you know what, what does that really serve us in the end probably not um but it would have been i think nice to feel that growing tension but i guess if you are ready to start the episode we can because they we do sort of slip into like this is the current state of camelot yes they're you know it's the group of knights arthur the knights it's the boys merlin's there uh they were out on a hunting trip in the woods and they haven't been home in a few days mm-hmm. and uh, everybody caught something. Even Merlin caught a cold, so that's a fun thing. Chuckle, chuckle. Uh, and that's when Percival, of all people, notices something. I love in this scene that he's got his knight cloak on over his armor, and at a certain point, he, he like takes his cloak off, and you realize he's still got the sh- the, the cutoffs. Yes, cut-off absolutely. Underneath. <laughs> I feel like uh, Arthur has had a conversation with him about that and being an appropriate Camelot dress, and they were just like, you know what, just let let arms be arms. Like let them let them arms out, but yeah, um, just let them out. They they spot something which ends up being um, a attack site. A group of there's some dead Saxons and some dead Cam- Camelotians, some dead Arthurians, some knights, uh, and it's very clear that the Saxons had attacked this um, shipment of weapons that was heading to Camelot. Um, it's then as they're kind of looking through the wreckage that Mordred spots a survivor and takes off after her. It's pretty clear that she's a woman right away. Uh, she 
runs away from him, trips, falls. He catches up, and he's astonished that it's his old friend Kara that we have never met, and that he is absolutely hopelessly in love with, and this is the one that yeah. got away. Um, he's got a he's got a bad, and he is like, "You got to get the fuck out of here, girl! <laughs> like you can't be uh-huh. here." Uh, and unfortunately, Merlin sees this, and as Arthur comes up, um, Mordred lies and says, "Oh, that was just must have been just a deer or something." Uh, and then, of course, shares a look with Merlin because Merlin, of course, has not been trusting this dude for a long time, mm-hmm. and now he finally mm-hmm. has a reason not to. Um, we get our intro and then we go immediately to Gaius who, again, I'm just so fucking sick of this routine at this point. Like, uh, we're, you know, 60 something episodes into this and I'm, I'm just like done with Gaius being like, well, you know, Mordred's been a really trusting knight and he's done everything that he could be. And, you know, I don't think that you have, I mean, he's fucking Merlin, man. Like listen to his concerns or at least just pretend to care at this point. He had a vision about Mordred killing Arthur. Like. I get it. And, you know, there, it, it sucks. It sucks that Merlin has to feel this way because if it was somebody else, if he had seen Percival let somebody go and Mer- Merlin would have been like, hey, like, I know you probably had a good reason for doing that. Like, what's go- what's going on? Um, but because it's Mordred, he does not give him the benefit of the doubt. This does, of course, come up. But, yeah, it's just Gaius being Gaius and just yeah. like, well, hmm. And I, I think Gaius is just there for to stretch the plot out. They use him as like a device. Um, even with him snitching last episode, uh, he snitched on Finna and then instead of it being like, well, now Merlin is like having outs with, um, with, with Gaius, it was just like, no, I forgive you. It's fine (laughs) because it was just a thing to, to, to create plot, you know, to create that action and not because Gaius was serving any purpose in the plot. They uh they leave the lab. Uh, there's a little funny bit where Merlin almost forgets to bring the medicine with him, uh, and they walk out to the hallway, and we see Mordred hiding behind the door, and he sneaks back into the lab to grab some medicine, and then sneaks back out, uh, immediately going into the woods. Um, there's this weird like lengthy bit about him taking a torch and putting it out and then lighting it back in the woods i don't know like they spent a lot of time on some real small details in this episode and i don't mind it uh, the episode still with all of this like goes by pretty quick but it's just it's weird that we'd spend a lot of time on torch there's <laughs> like, yeah, a lot of torch talk and i guess it just goes to show that throughout all of this merlin is or mordred is doing everything he can to not be uh, seen even at the very end of the episode when he they're breaking out of jail He's still trying very hard to do everything stealthily, not be spotted, whereas Kara is just very much like, we're going to stab people and we don't care. We're going to, you know, all all, uh, all hands on deck here. And I don't know if that's what this is trying to tell us, but he's sneaking out to the woods. That's all we really need to know. It's um, I'll, I'm going to put this here and I'll try not to mention it for the rest of the episode, but uh, all of the night shots in this episode look like fucking garbage. And I don't they know. They're so unbelievably dark and I do not have a good TV. The color is fucked on my TV. It's bright sunshine coming in through my window. The glare's not helping. I could barely tell what was happening. I have uh, UV film on my windows. I have blackout curtains. I have a <laughs> relatively modern TV that's like super fancy, and I'm I'm a nerd about this stuff. So like I've gone on the internet, adjusted my settings to dial in this picture, and it's, I have nice quality like sources for the, for my Merlin episodes, and it was still just garbage like and i know this is a common thing where like they they just put this like dark blue filter on everything and then bam it's twilight or it's you know it's nighttime all of a sudden uh but throughout this episode specifically it's really hard to make out anything yeah they did like too much color correction or whatever it is that they do and i know they do this all the time where it's clearly daytime they just make it nighttime like you said uh and most of the time it looks has the same look and feel to it and it's totally fine you can tell it's not real nighttime but it looks totally fine but here no you're absolutely right it did not look good in this it was too dark 
uh, Mordred uses his telepathy to reach out to Kira and then goes to meet her, uh, breaking a very significant stick along the way. Again, like we spent some time on some small details on here. Uh, meanwhile, Leon and Arthur are coming up with a strategy to protect their caravans. Extra patrols? Yes. Guess, okay. guess what we're going to do, Chris? We're Wait, doubling. More, more guys? Chris? More, more knights? More Chris, soldiers? Yes. Doubling patrols. Doubling, oh, patrols. doubling patrols. Can you can you imagine it? You heard it here first. Doubling patrols. But they, but Leon had this entire time since Uther's reign has misunderstood what that order meant. When <laughs> Arthur says doubling patrols, he means like you will send out one patrol, then you will send out a second, second patrol, patrol at a yeah. different time to double up how often we are patrolling. Leon is just like more guys in one patrol. Got it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, instead of eight guys, there's sixteen guys on a patrol as opposed to two yeah. different patrols. It's a you know, hey, I, I get it. You know, it could go. It's one of those biweekly things like what does bi-weekly mean right, right? like right, right. If, if arthur said he wants his patrols bi-weekly leon would be like uh <laughs> what's he talking about i don't know if i could answer, i don't know if i could give that to you my king on uh on his way out arthur reminds leon uh hey don't forget we're in a war and i'm oh, like thank you and i was like oh are we like <laughs> i literally was like are we i thought like it's weird to think of morgana as as a war threat and i, I think because we hadn't really we had seen her like attack a town with some people or whatever but it's just it's very yeah. and now she's obviously attacked camp a lot but I don't, again going back to that idea of just not selling this threat very well um yeah. me and my notes like we're at war question mark question mark <laughs> gwen asks arthur what's wrong and arthur is of course worried about morgana because <laughs> then arthur turns to the camera and says we're at war we're at war uh He's worried about Morgana because uh, she has no fear of Camelot and she has sorcery. And Gwen's like, "Hey, you've got something better—the loyalty of your of your constituents or whatever your citizens." And I'm like, mm, "Maybe uh, she if you, has witchcraft. She has witchcraft and a dragon. She is a high priestess of the old religion. I've played She's enough Warcraft three to know exactly how this is going to go down. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like you should you should beef up your defenses a little bit. Um, uh, but you know, whatever. Uh, Mordred finds Kira. Uh, she's she's wounded her leg. They embrace. Uh, with each other and it's very clear that they're uh, they're they're playing this like they're absolutely in love with one another and they just haven't seen each other in a long time uh normally this would be a thing that i, I don't like but i I'm, merlin usually does this pretty well where they introduce a one-off character who guess what dies at the end and i, I end up getting really emotional about it so i don't mind this at all it's uh but she wonders why he's a he's a knight of camelot is like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> like this is yeah. not where you belong and, you know, he does the same thing that Merlin does, which is say, like, like Arthur is a good man and his friends. And he's like, do you know who you are? And he's like, well, a- abs- do- does he know who you are? And Mordred's like, uh, absolutely not. Uh, but I'll but I'll keep you safe. The um, I might say this for the end of the episode, but the 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 metaphor for being a magic user and being queer and is it, I, I can't decide if the show is. Because I know all of these writers are, are very smart people, and I can't decide if they are specifically channeling that and like yeah. wants to draw the parallel, just like like an X Men comic book was kind of back in the day, or if they're just like running with the, like the plot point that you can't use magic in Camelot, and that's a scary thing, so it provides them plot points and characterization. But man, it's just it's handled so poorly. Like it, you really have to come out of this thinking like Arthur is such a shitbag. Yeah, yeah. Like it's um, just it's now it's there's two no of analogy friends. that makes Arthur look good. No, like, not at all. It's not like you can't even be like, well, yeah, they're you know, Uther views them as like the Nazis, and they have to be weeded out. It'd be like, well, no, it's actually kind. The like, role seems a little reversed if you want to look at it from that angle. Um, it's no, there's just there's no way 
it's it's the empire searching for the jedi right like yeah. it's just you're clearly the bad guy and you know i don't know if they were trying to to go for the um the queer angle on this it's what 2012 it could go either way i you just didn't know you just didn't know i think now i think they'd be a lot more bold in making those analogies um but either either way, no matter how you draw this out, it does not make Arthur or Camelot look good at all. When you realize these people have have had to live in fear forever because of the the laws that you make, like come on, and that you are still upholding the laws, you're right? still upholding those laws. And it it's has... like there's this moment towards the the end of the episode where Arthur tells Kara, like, "Hey, you're not you're not on trial for using magic. You're on trial for murdering people." And that feels like a gotcha moment, but I'm like, but you're you could still put her on trial for using magic if you because you haven't yeah. done anything if she didn't about those murder laws. Somebody, you would you still do this? And of yeah. course, Arthur does try to give her the chance, right? But it I I I understand his perspective, I understand what he's doing, but it's hard to it's hard not to see Camelot in, in as a whole and, and Arthur by extension of that as being in the wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and it and I think it turns the show into like i don't i don't know i don't have the experience of being a queer person and i'm i'm not trying to like outwoke somebody while watching the show but i feel like it does like just in watching this even if you remove the queerness angle on this even just like looking at how arthur treats people of magic when now not one but two of his best friends right like are mm-hmm. are are hiding something essential of themselves from him and still, like, want to, like, give him a pass for, for having these feelings. It just, like, makes Arthur look really, really bad. And it takes away from, like, the overarching goal of the show, which is, of course, to get to, for Merlin to somehow have this relationship with Arthur throughout the years to bring upon Albion, which is, like, the fabled paradise. And it's really difficult to see that can happen when we're three episodes from the season and he's like basically still yeah, executing people. Has not people. changed, yeah. Yeah, it has and not changed. And I guess changed. it's hard because that's been the entire balance of the entire show. Yeah. Is it, it, it rests on this. So if Arthur, it tips too much towards Merlin's side, then you lose your tension and then it's just like a, a magic battle between Merlin and Morgana to cap off the show and everybody's happy. Um there still has to be that tension because that's what the show was designed around. I maybe it would have been better if if things had gone differently, if the reveal had come sooner, and it had to. We didn't have to contemplate this question constantly. We didn't have to see Arthur um, rule tyrannically and and make these decisions. And again, it doesn't make him happy to make these decisions, but he's still doing it. Yeah. Um, and it it throughout this Kara's fiery. Um, resistance is very understandable. Um, even when she's being let off the hook, she's like, no, I did not fucking do anything wrong fighting for my own freedom. Like, screw you. Dude. Absolutely. Yeah. And like Arthur makes a point at that, at the, during that trial, which we were jumping way ahead of, that's okay. Uh, he makes a point of saying like, you know, it's, it's people like Morgana who have abused sorcery who have made us do this. And she's like, absolutely fuck off with that. Like, that's that's you saying that, but that's not anything that you've ever done. Like, the history of Camelot is rooted in the blood of the Druids. Like, she even says, like, you, create, you turned a peaceful people violent, um, speaking yeah. of, of her Druids. And that's like, especially combined with all of the random stuff they throw it off. Like, if you really, like, coalesce all of that stuff into a whole and, and feel like you think about the murdering of children and the, the execution of the high priestesses and the, the consistent, like, 
I'm we have got to find every magic user and put them to the sword. Like it's a it's a history of violence, and yeah, like you have to like Arthur has to be looking at himself in the mirror sometimes, and you want Arthur to look at the mirror and be like, these like I should dismantle this whole system. <laughs> like I should mm-hmm. I I am the bad in this. Like even if I'm trying to be good, I am still the bad. And so. Anyway, like again, they just Morgana is supposed to be our reminder, but she's just a product of that system. If Arthur did away with the the laws that hold people back and and there was real reform and real change, would Morgana still have a reason to fight? Maybe because at this point she's so consumed with hatred that it's gone beyond really the point anymore. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's def- it definitely it's it's tricky. And despite all that, as so cut to come back to the scene, as Mordred is talking to to Kara, he is insisting. Sure, maybe I can't out myself here because I'm worried about the reaction. I still believe in Arthur, and that's the conceit of the show: is that one day things will be better, no matter like no matter what. Merlin yeah. and I guess to an extent Mordred believes in that vision so strongly that they're willing to cast aside everything else until that that day. In real life, I don't think that we can really afford those kinds of that or that kind of optimism. Um, it's a, it's always a slippery slope in the wrong direction, um, where one law creates another thing, and then it just you know they come for for you today, they come for me the next day. It's yeah. just one of those things and not to get too much like real world politics but we're literally seeing the results of like backing off of the legalization of gay marriage in certain states where they're starting to come after you know interracial marriage or really any kind of like personal rights that that a certain group of people seem to to have a disagreement with and it's really difficult just not to compare that directly to arthur and it's 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 it doesn't sour the show on me by any means like i'm i'm enjoying it just makes you have to think about it in a different way if you and i you know I, we try to approach this stuff from uh, as we said recently we're a comedy podcast like we, we're, we, we're a comedy podcast we enjoy <laughs> talking about this stuff funny. making jokes and we love but i think you know about both want to think critically about stuff and we like to exercise mm-hmm. our minds when we do and it's just like they keep beating us over the head with this and i'm just like man y'all are Y'all are so close. <laughs> like y'all are y'all yeah. are so close. Yeah. And I again and, I, I, and it's just like at the end of the day we just have to say, okay, Merlin had a has prophetic visions. He has dragons telling him it'll all be it'll all work out. It'll all be worth sure. it in the end. Mm-hmm. Which is you know and I guess we just have to go, okay, it's a magical TV show. We gotta we have yeah, yeah. to just roll with that. And it's just weird that like the magical well, dragon prophecy take? like it just all of a sudden excuses everything that Arthur does on his day to day basis yeah. because the dragon told me it'll be okay one day. Right. Uh, further, what is it going to take to finally get us there with Arthur? Further, I th- I'm starting to get a feeling that I might know what it's finally going to take, and I don't like it. Yeah. Um, jumping back into the show, where we were, uh, uh, it's the next day, Mordred's back at Camelot, and Merlin confronts him and says, where have you been? Uh, and I love Mordred's responses. Look, what right have you to question me? Everything I do, you think I'm doing the worst. And Merlin's like, look, I saw you let this chick go. I'm going to go to Arthur. And that's when Mordred's completely changes. He drops like the 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 confident angle of himself i guess i'm not sure what mm-hmm. word i'm looking for but he's like no 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 you have to kara she's a druid she's like us she's a magic user i cannot let her die please do not tell like just give her a few days to heal we'll get out of there she's one of us promise me that you won't tell arthur and merlin does he says he'll keep the secret on his word um, i wish that we this stuff between these two in this episode makes me wish that we had had a like a full season of this yeah um of more interactions between mordred and merlin or merlin has this thing in the back of his head but at the same time it's like we're of the same kind and we got to stick together we got to watch each other's backs but that constant tension of of we are or merlin knows they are at odds 
via destiny but the day-to-day stuff which we've already seen which is guy is trying to say oh mordred's a nice boy come on now mm-hmm. um because it seems like this where you i want merlin to agree to help him because that's what merlin does and i think merlin wants to agree to help him but he can't in the back of his head he just he's he's fighting because of what he's seen because of this vision yeah, and because of what Fenna told him in the last episode, right? Like he believes that there's this yeah. Prophecy. Oh yeah, she doubled down last episode, and 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 like specifically told him like you can't trust the druid or whatever. But like also didn't name Orchard, just leaves that because that's why prophecy sucks so bad. Like just give me a name and a telephone number so we can figure this out together. But no, um, yeah, and I, and I agree with you. Like I feel like. There's a there's a real interesting arc on this, which, which would be seeing Mordred continually try to change Arthur into the man that Merlin wants him to be, and Merlin just like looking at Mordred and thinking like, I I can't find any fault. Like I just like I've, I've been told that this is going to lead to a bad place, but like he's literally doing all of the things that I would do. I think that would be really good, and we get just a little glimpse of that here. And it's you could tell Merlin is a little bit uncomfortable with it, but he gives his word. Um, and it's just then that uh, Arthur breaks it up and says, like, what are you doing? <laughs> and Marlon says, I'm like a swan. It looks like I'm not doing anything, but there's a lot going on underneath. And Arthur's like, I view you more as a hedge mouse, hedge mouse useless and irritating. I just thank you, Marlon, for, for just bringing yeah, all of this to, to a comedic point. Um, and then just further, you know, fun Murther's activities where Arthur is teaching Merlin how to track and like forcing him to look at stuff. And there's there's a joke about like, what do you see down here? It's like I see a pair of uh, dirty pants or something that I'm gonna have to clean. And I don't know, all, all of this is really cute. And then he Arthur is like, hey, you know, what do you think this is? And he's like, oh, I think it's a deer with a, with giant antlers. And he's like, what makes you think that? He's like, because it's right there <laughs> staring at us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but unfortunately. There is also just a human like boot print, uh, like right next to it, and that's obviously not made by the deer, uh, because in this scene, Merlin, for you know, he was actually keeping to his word, and he was not telling Arthur about the secret, and it's only just through dumb luck that that Arthur found this boot print and realized, oh, this, you know, it rained last night. This boot print is from after the fact so somebody must have come back and helped them these are the uh, air force camelot ones <laughs> the, yeah. only the knights yeah. of camelot were whoa, whoa, rock whoa, whoa, these whoa. sneaks whoa, whoa, <laughs> where are they getting whoa. these kicks <laughs> why are they yeah. in the mud these should never have been exposed to the mud these are dress kicks only <laughs> these are dress kicks or these are the red camelot edition air force ones <laughs> <laughs> how dare they i recognize the shoe print um so they found the tracks they follow them and they le- it leads them right to kara she's in a cave uh, she's hiding. She looks pitiful is the wrong word, but it's like she's wounded. She's weak. Um, she's backed against a corner, and she comes out and she's, "Oh, I mean you. I mean you. No harm." Arthur's standing there with the sword, and he actually manages to to back down. We just talked all this shit about Arthur, mm-hmm. but he's actually a pretty solid dude for for a few examples throughout this episode, um, where he he listens to his heart. Right, he puts his sword down. He walks a little bit closer to her. As soon as he gets close to her, she she pulls a knife. She's instantly going for the kill. And it's only through Merlin's magic that he's able to quickly disarm her. And then, you know, Arthur grabs her and, and then cut over to her being brought back to uh, Camelot. And we, we get this line where he says, like, you you nearly killed me. And she goes, I'm only sorry that I failed. Uh, and then we jump into the prison stuff. Also, I just wanted to mention to you, I don't know if you recognize her or not, because she was, she was only in one episode of Game of Thrones, but this is one of the Frey girls uh, from one of Walter Frey's daughters. Oh, okay. No, I guess, I mean, I, she did sort of look vaguely familiar, but I wouldn't have known if I knew her from any. And, I, and I, that, that, I, I did the same thing. I just looked on IMDb, right? So I would have never, ever mm-hmm. been like, oh, yeah, this is such and such Frey, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, 
Arthur throws her a prison. Mordred is watching as the guards put her in the cell. And he immediately goes to Merlin and shoves him against the wall and accuses him of telling Arthur. And, of course, he's protesting. But he's like, you've gone too far. You you will pay for this, Merlin. Uh, and this is interrupted by Leon and Gwen, And they're like, "What? what is going on? And they both say, like, oh, absolutely nothing. And Mordred kind of stalks off angrily. Uh, and you could tell, like, Leon and, and Gwen both think that there's something happening here. Because there is. There's yeah. absolutely something here. Um, they don't really ever explore those hunches, even though it's all, all is revealed. But it's still, it's like, it's these kind of moments that make me think, like, okay, let's follow a different line. Maybe um, maybe Merlin and Mordred sort their issues out. But Gwen was researching this, the whole, or kind of spying on them, or, or, or whatever. And Gwen is actually the one who... But they, you know, we know we don't explore those angles, and that's okay. In this scene, Merlin doesn't even really get a chance to defend himself. No, not really. Mordred is just like, "You've gone too far. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck your ass up." Um, now I need you to clean these Air Force ones, <laughs> Camelot yeah, Red. Clean them. Um, uh, and then we just go to the trial the next day. Yeah, and Arthur is questioning Kara. Uh, uh, and she admits to attacking the shipment, but she doesn't re- readily admit that she's working for Morgana. And Arthur kind of, this is going to be one of those weird things where like Arthur is kind of pretending that like Camelot is done. We have no quarrel with druids. And she's like, I have lived my entire life on the run from you and your father yeah. for just, just for existing. It is not I who should stand trial for her crimes, but you. It is you who turned a peaceful people to war. And uh, Arthur just, you know, again goes back to that Camelot thing and I mentioned this earlier where he says you know it's it's people like Morgana it's their deeds that have terrorized Camelot that has forced us to outlaw such practices as magic and she's like one in a million the one bad egg exactly you know? yeah how many bad Camelot knights have there been probably a, a few who have done bad things but just because one one ultra powerful high priestess goes bad and suddenly all the ultra powerful high priestesses are bad it- Exactly. Yeah, it's 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 very funny, and I, I, again, it just goes back. Like Arthur is trying. Like for all the shit that I talked to earlier, he is, he, he is actively but he's got an trying. Excuse ready, and it's still it's he's still a man who has to confront his own legacy. And you know, um, now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it, like this is literally the lesson that Merlin taught him in the last episode, right? Like this was what Doma was like. Hey, just keep in mind before you go that not all magic people are bad. Magic isn't bad. It's what it's men are bad right men's actions are bad um so i guess he is you know taking some of this in and and learning i guess there is like the the capacity for change but like he's still doing the drone strikes you know what i'm saying (laughs) it's hard to forgive somebody even though it's hard to forgive him when he's still doing the drone strikes that's that's you're you're so right for that Uh, (laughs) um i feel like we're getting really politically charged in this episode (laughs) um arthur asks her hey I know those the the that that patch work done on your leg is just too it's too good it's too good. Yeah. Who in Camelot helped you? I know somebody in Camelot helped you, and everyone's looking around at Merlin and guys. Oh, only course. two guys in Camelot who could pull this off. Yeah. And I, th- I think, <laughs> but, but it's not them. Arthur's like I know it's for someone from Camelot because they were wearing the Air Force Ones Camelot Special Edition, mm-hmm. and only a handful of people have those. So I need to make sure we did. So he, well, he's he's thinking he's like, well, those are were exclusive for knights, but we did do a couple giveaways. We did do so. There are a couple peasants walking around peasants and the Camelot Air Force Ones, and they, they may have, they may have sold them to somebody. So I got to find out. Um, um, and she lies and says it was just a stranger. Uh, and then, you know, this, nobody nobody from here helped me. But this was just a stranger. And Arthur says, uh, I'm going to declare you an enemy of Camelot. And under Camelot's laws, uh, we're going to execute you at dawn. And she is escorted out of the room saying, you can do as you wish. It will not stop Morgana's uprising. Um, which, again, I, 
I know that we have been fighting against Morgana. Morgana has like attacked towns and tried to find out who Umaris is. I want to know more about this uprising. Like I, I yeah. like this. This is the first time where I'm like, oh, so she's recruiting people. Like this is gonna get ugly, right? Um, yeah, yeah. They they throw her to a cell. She cries, uh, and Mordred comes to visit, and she's hopeful. Uh, and I, I don't know if this is the first time that we hear this song that's playing. Like, I, I don't know if this is their theme. I've never heard this on the soundtrack before, but it's this really, really sweet little melody thing that's just very good. <laughs> like, yeah, they play it several times. Music in this but, yeah, and in the episode, and I'm just, I'm just here for it. The Merlin soundtrack remains like fucking top tier soundtrack work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I had to stop listening to it though because it. Um... All the song titles have spoilers in them. <laughs> oh, no. It was well, like season four, Lancelot dies. And I was like, okay, wait, oh, wait a minute. Wait. I thought hey, he already hey, did hey. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mordred says that um, he, Mordred has this line. So obviously he doesn't want to give himself away in front of the guards. So he says that he's here for the king who is very frustrated that she didn't reveal her friend in Camelot. And mm. Kara responds, that person is very dear to me. I would rather die than see him wronged. And he leans against the the door and puts his hand around the bars and she covers his hands with hers. Uh, and he says with a lot of emotion in her voice, I will not let you die. Um, and this is kind of our first glance at, like how intent he is on saving this woman, yeah. which again seems yeah. a little weird since we've never met her before. But like they sell it so well that I'm just into it. I'm just ready. Yeah, weirdly, like this feel like this kid doesn't get a lot of play, but he's a good actor. <laughs> I went and looked up like what else he had been in, and I, I haven't seen anything else that he is he has been in besides like maybe one episode of a TV show I watched a while back. So I, the, the dude needs to get more work. Hope he's or maybe he's yeah. just he living turns, off of Merlin. He checks. turns towards that that tortured kind of dark side thing that we're, we're so yeah. used to seeing mm-hmm. in these types of shows he turns towards that like it's just subtle enough that you you really buy into it it's not over the top it's not too much but you believe him and um it's it's just it's worth worth commenting on um what else is happening here i lost my place in my notes so um so he goes straight to arthur oh and he, yeah i did not expect this at all like we're just going not straight and com- absolutely confessing just, it goes to show throughout this his intentions are genuinely good throughout it mm-hmm. until the end it's all the things that more uh, merlin's uh, suspected about him were really not true because the his choice here is is honesty not merlin would just break them out merlin has always got some scheme up his sleeve um but mordred comes in he, he rests his head on arthur's door first like he's like bracing himself for a second he takes a deep breath he knocks he goes in and it's arthur and merlin in there oh, arthur's um, bent over at the waist with his arms out again yeah, yeah. he's um, he's toddler <laughs> as, as merlin's removing his clothing it's very funny and, uh, he, he he kneels before arthur and he just he admits that he was the one who helped kara um he pleads for her life and saying that you know we grew up together she's always been special to me and he's literally he just he begs arthur um but and arthur is totally understanding he forgives mordred without a second thought but he's like yeah she admitted her guilt in front of everybody i can't just go back on that now um and mordred just says okay he understands and he leaves but when he's gone Merlin says to Arthur, like, you're breaking both his heart and his trust. And mm-hmm. and I think we're going to regret this. There's some really powerful lines from Mordred in this where he says, you know, she's she's always lived inside my heart, um, which is like, I feel like the way that you tell someone like this is the love of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I love I love and hate 
Arthur's line here, uh, where he kind of is like, you're a knight of Camelot, and this is a bond that we share. But this girl is a danger, not just to me, but to Camelot. And the law is the law, basically. I cannot risk the lives of my citizens, no matter who ask. Uh, and that's, a, that's, I get it. You know, rule of law, you know, I, 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 can, I can see this absolutely. And I, I mean, you probably shouldn't just free people because your buddies ask you to. Like, that doesn't seem like a very good society. Um, and I, I am, what's, what's more shocking is that Arthur tells Merlin after this, as Merlin, like, it talks about that breaking of trust and breaking of, um, breaking his heart, is that Arthur has convinced himself, like, it'll be okay. Like, we're, we'll come out on this on the other side. Like, he doesn't even realize what he's doing to this person. And it's that kind of cluelessness that I think is going to really bite Arthur in all of this. Mm-hmm. It's what bites him at the end, right? He just doesn't realize how powerful these emotions are. Like, he kind of, I feel like he just doesn't get it sometimes, what these people Which are Which is crazy because he has those same emotions. Like, Right? Yeah, absolutely. And he we just went through this. <laughs> we, just, we just did a lot. You just risked the lives of all of your citizens to save Gwen. Like, I mean... Anyway, uh, Mordred goes back to Kara, who, of course, is not surprised. Um, She has a great line here. Like, no matter what he preaches, he's no different than his father, a tyrant and a brute. Uh, And Mordred gets to watch the the hangman's noose being built uh, and then marches to Arthur's chambers and, like, kind of barges into Arthur's office. I think this is the next day. And Merlin is on alert. Like that dude jumps up, like ready to sling a fireball. Like he is ready. To, he is ready to cast Faraga immediately if he needs to, because he's thinking yeah. Mordred's going to oh, come yeah. in there, fucking swinging. And it's the opposite. Uh, Mordred apologizes. I hope it, which uh, is more fucked up. It's more fucked up. Uh, and it's goes, got me stressed. Goes through this like lengthy apology, which feels like so much self-flagellation that it seems unnecessary. And Arthur is completely oblivious to this, and like says at the end, like I would never let something like this ruin our friendship. But I'm like, jeez. Arthur, why are you so clueless? Yeah, like, why are you so blind? He's apologizing for what he's about to do. You know, it's, yes. he's not, it's because again, this is showing that Mordred really, really does care about Arthur. He does care about their bond, but this thing is so obviously bigger than that. And Arthur not picking up on that is, is definitely to his detriment. Merlin 100% has picked up on it. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and he, he marches out with Mordred and is like, yeah. Hey, I think you're about to leave. And I think you're going to try to take car with you. And Mordred says, you know, Hey, tell me you wouldn't do the same for the woman you love. And Merlin really doesn't have an answer for that. And Mordred realizes that. And it's like, see, you can't. And mm-hmm. um, I know you did not. I know now you did not betray me before. Do not do so now. Like kind of warning Merlin. Like if you try yeah. to stop me on this, I will go through you. Um, and I, as much of a, as a Gaius hater as I am, they smash cut to Merlin, obviously having told Gaius about the situation and Gaius just saying, Merlin, this is nothing you haven't done before. Let him take her. <laughs> Let him cook, dude. <laughs> Let him go. Let him. Who cares? Like, just just don't interfere. Uh, and Merlin's so up his ass about prophecy and fate and all this other stuff that he he doesn't listen to this. But also, what just a like brilliant light to shine upon Gaius's morality, where he just literally yeah. doesn't give a fuck about anything that he happens. Does not care, dude. He just it only <laughs> furthers his agenda of making sure that every king in Camelot that gets to use magic and it backfiring. That's that's just all Gaius yeah. wants in this world. Yeah. We just let him go. It's not our problem anymore. Um, but then Guy's like, what, do you want Kara to die? Um, and weirdly, he says, no, but I don't want Mordred to die either. If I'm not mistaken, that's what Merlin is saying here. Yes. Because if Mordred helps her, then he's then they're both going to get caught and they're going to get executed. That's what it sounds like he's saying, which it seems like 
I killed two birds with one stone there, brother. Um, well, I mean, Merlin's worried, rightfully, that if he escapes with Kara, who is obviously like they are presented as like this hardline terrorist, which is a real weird vibe, uh-huh. uh, that she will recruit Mordred into Morgana's army. And he knows that Mordred is a powerful sorcerer. He knows he's a powerful mm-hmm. druid. And he says here, like, as long as Mordred is within these walls, there's still hope. Like, he's still trying to fight this yoke of prophecy that is that has been put upon him and thinking that he can do something to stop Mordred from turning into what he believes he will and, and of course it's not going to work like we feel I feel like Merlin specifically should have learned this lesson of like you can't stop people from doing stuff you just can't yeah. like you it, you could try and that's that's valuable but like it's I don't know man like it's 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 tough not to do anything but it's also tough to try at the same time I don't know yes yes um so what does he do he snitches <laughs> What else can he do? He goes straight to Arthur and he snitches. He goes right to Arthur, interrupts dinner time, which I feel like Arthur would be upset about, tells him that what's going to happen. But of course, they're too late. Uh, Mordred has already uh, got her out of the jail cell uh, and using some classic sleep smoke bombs, which I, I love that Merlin keeps using. <laughs> this TV show keeps using. Uh, they, of course, Arthur wants them found. Mordred lives, uh, leads Kara out of the castle and as they stop to like look ahead and they see a guard, he's absolutely shocked when she just grabs his dagger, runs over, slams the dude's head in the wall, and stabs him as he's laying on the ground. Uh, and then just looks at him like, what? It's He's a Camelot soldier. He's the enemy. I think yeah. this is when Mordred is like, uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> I, shit. <laughs> I haven't seen this chick in a few years, and now she has yeah. opinions. Now now she, she wants has, me to listen to- She's been radicalized, and <laughs> I wasn't on that level yet. <laughs> Why is she telling me about Joe Rogan's podcast? I don't understand. There's, <laughs> there's, there's no more sneaking out, disappearing, going off the grid. Um, and of, I, she never would have wanted that anyway. She was not going to sneak out quietly, even if she could. I think that this is what she wants. Um and kind of rightfully so, but yeah, um, not not great for them. And just as this happens, the the bell tolls, and now they know everyone's on high alert. They get into the woods quite easily. They're gone in a, in a jiff. That's no problem. Um, but Arthur Merlin and the other knights are are in hot pursuit. Yes, uh, they. Uh, <laughs> I'm always. I'm always just really curious how TV shows are put together uh, because they make a big thing about them, Mordred and Kara leaving on foot, leaving the castle, getting into the woods. Uh, then the knights are shown leaving Camelot, same path, same same kind of scene. They're, they're all on horseback. Um, and then they all stop and then they get off their horses and they proceed to leave, to leave on foot. I'm like, why didn't you yeah. just stay on the horses? And I don't yeah. care. Like, I'm not, I'm right, not saying this right. is bad or anything. It's just one of those like TV show things where I'm like, what was, was it just a filming thing? Like they just wanted to have like the blocking. They didn't want to like get a bunch of horses in the mix or anything. I don't know if I mentioned it. Um, there's a scene when they're, when Arthur is teaching Merlin how to like track or whatever, when, before they find Kara, one of the horses is losing its mind in the background. <laughs> it's just very funny. It's just going in a circle <laughs> like just freaking out and i'm like oh man what a take (laughs) hates druids um yeah so they catch up to them immediately because because kara can't run she's still injured and and mordred you know he stands his ground with her she keeps urging him to use his magic to kill the knights but he's like i can't these are my friends these are my buds we all have matching shoes like you don't kill people that have matching shoes yeah he looks down um, he's not wearing his, and that's how that's that's the clue, that's to, the, the clue. Uh, yeah. clue to the audience. <laughs> Things have changed. That's the using um, the Android phone in the Apple TV show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's not wearing the same shoes. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, but he's like, listen, everybody, please just let us leave Camelot. We will never return. We won't cause any trouble for anybody ever again. Um, 
they're not really listening to him. She's urging him to use magic, and he is now in this situation. We've seen him cornered like this before as a little kid out in the woods. Um, he he was being pursued, I think, by Knights of Camelot, by Uther's Knights, yep. and he blasts them all away. So this is a situation he's been in before, and he's almost at that precipice of taking that step one more time. Um, him and Merlin start to have a little bit of a stare down. Like Merlin knows what's about to happen and he knows what he's going to have to do to protect Arthur. He's going to have to expose himself, use magic, not expose himself like that. He's going to have to reveal his secret and, and blast Mordred back in order to save Arthur. Things are about to get real. And then fucking Percival comes in and just slugs, slugs Mordred. Slugs the dude out and then he just goes. He caught a whole arm to the face. It's like he cuts Mordred's strings off. He just collapses on the ground. Like it is <laughs> it is not good. He snips his strings, dude. I mean, just he's out cold. Uh, and, and yeah, I like the way that this was built up into a moment where you think something's going to happen and then they, they pull the rug out from underneath you. Um, and uh, why can't I, why am I pull the arms out from underneath you or the arms out from uh, underneath there. Um, yeah they, he gets taken to the dungeons and um he's like arthur what the hell what do you what are you gonna do with me somebody asks him that i wrote he yeah. asks arthur what he's going to do with him that's well, not helpful because that could have been somebody else asking but arthur says he doesn't know he does not know what he's going to do uh, dude i'm i'm so glad you said that this is this is so weird inside baseball that nobody cares about, I'm sure. But like the, the amount of effort I go through to like correctly use pronouns or to make sure that I'm writing proper nouns in my notes when I'm watching the show is unbelievable. I need, I don't yeah. know why I write like Mordred's name probably appears 15,000 times in this. In my if you notes. just say he, then you're like, wait, who's and, I don't, he? and I don't, you know? and I can't say M. I guess I could say MD, but then when I'm reading it back later, I'm like, MD, what the fuck? Am I? Like, I just doesn't, yeah. I don't want to start shorthanding this stuff, but yeah, like the amount of times where I'm, I'm I have like, like extremely tortured sentences because I want to make sure that I'm saying who is saying what to whom. Like it's just, I, yeah. 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 Anyway. But the important thing here is that I, once again, I just said he um, is Merlin, like, or I'm sorry, Mordred hisses at Merlin that why couldn't you just let things be um, like they're enemies now. Oh yeah, definitely. If they weren't before, they're definitely now. Uh, and Merlin tells Gaius that like, he's realizing that everything he's tried to stop has now come to be like, he did not want Mordred to go dark Damn, side. Merlin doesn't have it every fucking time. It happens time. every time. Um, and he still thinks that there's an answer that he thinks there's a solution to this problem. And that the answer might be to let Arthur to convince Arthur to let them go. Um, <clears throat> and if he does that, maybe it will save Mordred from going dark side. Uh, and so he goes to Arthur and Arthur, doesn't even let him have a chance to speak and it's like i know what you came here for and i'm like this is so cute arthur is like i know i know I, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it too should i let mordred go free uh and he's already decided Kara's fate he's like you know that's that's happening um and i really like this line from from merlin how will more death bring about the peace that you hope for and and this is like I was watching a show recently and there was a really good line about like, you know, every time I'm butchering it, but like every time we get into a situation where there's conflicts, we choose violence immediately. Like, can't we just choose any other thing besides violence? And, you know, this goes against Camelot's laws and this goes against probably like tradition and it goes against Arthur's sense of kingdom and kingship and duty and responsibility to his, to his kingdom and to his citizens and all this other stuff. But also at the same time of all of those things, maybe it's the right thing to do. And Mm. as King, you have to make that decision. And I like that Arthur tells him here, like this is my decision and my decision alone. Like he's actually wrestling with this and, as much shit as I talked about Arthur before about kind of being part of the system, it 
he kind of actually does make the right decision here. He gives them the opportunity, right? Um, and that's kind of impressive, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time at the very beginning of the show talking shit about Arthur to only like subsequently talk about Arthur and realize like, oh wait, maybe because again, he he is he's part of a system and he now is the system in which these people are oppressed. And so him taking strides away from that, from that system, breaking free from that, even just in a small way is a big step. It's, it's hard to look at the most conservative guy in the show and have to be like, it's okay. He's trying his best, you know? Yeah. Um, But here he does do what we as the viewer perceive as the right thing. It is to, Let's give him a chance. Okay. Because this is too painful. I can't do this to my friend. He did this for love. She's doing this for uh, her own freedom. You know, she's a freedom fighter. And can you really hate somebody for that? Yeah. Um, He knows what the law says. He knows what he's supposed to do. But in the end, he decides to find a sort of middle ground where he's still going to, to follow the law to an extent. But he's giving them another chance. So it is a step in the right direction. Um, and of course, so we see Mordred and Kara spend the night holding hands. They're both in their cells. In the morning, Leon comes and takes her away. And this is where we see the results of Arthur's decision, where I thought that she was going to be taken away and she was going to be executed and we were going to see her die. And then Mordred would do what he does here, essentially, and freak out and and blow his uh, his jail door off and escape. The um, um, the scene where Leon comes to get Kara has is filled with a lot of like really small and significant moments that I think just goes to how good the writing and how good the acting on this show is. Like, there's a lot of like significant glances from Leon to Mordred, um, and as much as we kind of make make fun of Leon a little bit as being kind of like a I don't know. I get the, you get the impression like he's he's a very competent dude. He's obviously the right hand man. He gets a lot of shit done, but also at the same time, you kind of feel like he's the just kind of a you know like not a dummy, but not like the smartest he's guy in the a, room. He's like, yeah, he's just there. He's, he's just he's of, just a know. dude. But uh, here, there's a lot of like really significant glances at Mordred as he like struggles to to understand his feelings towards his friend, and then the moment where Kara grabs. Uh, Mordred's hand and kisses like the back of his hand and then does not say anything but has these like has this face I thought it's just really fantastic like brings a lot yeah. of emotion into a scene that for two characters that had literally never been on the screen more than five yeah, or yeah. ten minutes um, and yeah surprisingly they bring him to Arthur and Arthur addresses Carr in front of the court and gives her an opportunity to repent her crime saying I know the druids are peaceful people you are young and impressionable the, the perfect target for someone like Morgana to to, to bring to her side to use against us repent your crimes and you could see the excitement on merlin's face at this point thinking that he got through to arthur it's like damn yeah this he is did the right thing we're gonna avert disaster here everything's gonna way. be okay and unfortunately um or you know maybe not even unfortunately but uh unfortunately for merlin Kara refuses this is yeah she's so in a way she's incredibly brave and she's sticking to her guns here and she's like no I'm not going to bow down. I'm not going to kneel because she doesn't know the full picture. She, she couldn't see that same glimmer of hope that, that Mordred saw. She's been on the outside fighting for her life this whole time. She never had the chance to see that window of maybe a better future that Arthur represents to her. There is, there's no window. It's just that same old door. She's been staring at her whole life that, Mm -hmm. and, and on the other side of it is, is, uh, 
I don't. This metaphor got away from me. And <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> We're losing a lot of but, metaphors. But yeah, she she doesn't see him the way that everybody else does. So she's like, no, I'm not bowing down to this regime. I'm gonna stand up and fight. Take my life. I would rather die than than kneel before you. I love this. And, uh, Tis not a crime to fight for your freedom. It's not. Tis not a crime to fight to for the right to be who you are. Um, and you know, it's it's hard not to see something like that and think about you know marginalized folks in the in the real world having to deal with that in 2023 right here in the United States of America. Right, like we. Yeah. It is, and I, and I, you can't hear that from somebody and think that she is wrong. There's no way that you can hear somebody saying it's not a crime to fight for the right to who you, be, who you are, and rel- and think to yourself like, oh, there, that person needs to die for crimes that they have committed in the effort of doing mm-hmm. so. Um, regardless of you know you tried to assassinate the king or, or whatever, like it's really difficult to hear that. Um, and yeah, we we see the outcome of this where she's led to the square. But uh, she doesn't just say that, but she she adds into it after. Arthur, you deserve what's coming to you. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, so now we're now we're really freaked out because of now what, really what is Morgana planning. Uh, yeah. And this whole scene is intercut with uh, bouncing back and forth from uh, Mordred weeping in a cell to Merlin kind of hiding behind a, a column uh, as she is led to the hangman's noose. And as uh, there's one frame here that is so horrifying that it's almost funny where you see Gwen and Arthur standing on their like balcony, looking down with the fucking hangsman noose, just like perfectly framed below them. And you're just like, this just seems gruesome and evil. Yeah. Like there's, it just seems awful, right? Like it just, it just seems like the worst choice, even though he tried it does not, not to... frame them in a good light. No, in... even though he tried, right? Like you have to, like, I guess <laughs> what's that went, what's that drill tweet of like, you absolutely do not have to hand it to him. <laughs> but I guess you kind of have to, absolutely do not have to hand it to him on this one uh he i mean yeah they 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 did something they tried but but it's a it's a stark image and i think they need to present it this way they need to frame it this way so that when mordred betrays them just now when 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 she's executed and he just blasts his his way out of the cell door here uh he escapes we 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 empathize with mordred we are in his headspace because he he just experienced this thing. It was just framed in this way where she's the freedom fighter who died for the cause. Uh, and Arthur's the tyrant who put her to the torch. You know, it does not frame him well. Um, there's a brief conversation where Arthur regrets trusting Mordred. He says he made a terrible mistake. And I think that what we can take away is the, the mistake was not in trusting Mordred. The mistake was just not being able to let these things go to not just let them go in the woods you know to not really truly listen to the people around truly listen to mordred who he agreed was his friend but instead he's just gonna say nope it was because i trusted mordred which is what merlin wanted the whole time was for mordred to be gone but not like this all that he did made this come true again and it's hard to say like what would have happened otherwise right because right right it's when you start trying to second guess what coulda woulda shoulda and what fate had in store for you like maybe this is the way that it had to play out no matter what um and Gaius has a line in here about uh I think about like some people are like their wounds of fate some wounds could never be healed or something like basically saying like Mm -hmm. there's there's some points of reality which will always be true like in no matter what you do like the universe will, will bend its way back to moments in time where it had to do a thing um, and that's that's kind of fascinating and weirdly metaphysical from guys, <laughs> but um, I, yeah, it's 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 this moment of like what it's just doubt. 
is, is what Arthur has right here. Of just like yeah. it's doubt and and desperation. I think of just like what am I supposed to do? Like heavy is the head that wears this crown, right? Because I had to make this decision. I tried to give them a way out. I tried to to make peace, and and ended up having to do violence. Um, and he feels bad for it because he really trusted Mordred, and it's kind of a fascinating little turn. Um, but of course, uh, this this whole thing has to end exactly like you would expect. Mordred heading directly to Morgana, um, who is once again posing like everyone is watching on, on her throne, and it is very fantastic. Uh, the only thing I don't like here is her hair. Her hair is doing that like witchy earth kind of not you're not into the witchy earth vibe i i just i don't think morgana would be i feel Does like she need a headpiece you think like I, some she, sort of like a she, cone she needs like a crown a coiffed kind of do you remember did you wear the big tall hat from elden ring with the little pointy circle at yeah, the top? Yeah, 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 yeah 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 she yeah, needs yeah, like yeah. something fucking crazy witchy if she's gonna go witchy i just don't like this like like earthy witch vibe where it just looks like her she, she just woke up in the bed or something right like i don't like that i don't know why i'm it talking is about very this, so. funny that she's always posed she's always ready um, and she's, 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 po- I mean, of course, cause they told her, Hey, we got somebody here to see you. We're going to come drag him in. So she gets, she gets into position, but it's hard not to imagine that she was already like that all day. Anyway, that's just the way um, she watches TV. Like, right. Like the yeah. only, the only yeah. thing that changed is she put, a, put, put away the TV remote. <laughs> like she just, you just keep looking over at it. Like, you, you know, you're, she's laughing along with whatever show you watch and you keep looking at her like, Morgana, you gotta relax. You gotta kick back. She's like, no, I'm fine like this. This Thanks. is perfectly fine. This is the way that I like to bring me my meal, <laughs> bring me some popcorn. Yeah. That's when they should have known that she was gonna turn dark side was because she did this back in Camelot too. Oh yeah, yeah. When you don't when you don't relax and watch TV, when you stand st- stock still and just watch reality TV shows, something is weird. Um, Mordred is brought to her, forced to kneel. There's there's some back and forth which I think is is really good about where they you know the last time I saw you you were trying to kill me why are you here but ev- eventually he just gets to the point uh, and he is brought her the name the real true name of Emerus, uh which is Merlin he's um, in Camelot and his name is Merlin I wish that there was fifteen more minutes in I this know. episode I just, I just I want to see her to, ranting. I want to download from from Morgana's reaction to this I want her I want like the full do you know what, like when you find out something about somebody and it like clicks and you start going through all of yeah. your interactions yeah. with That's them? That's exactly and you start... what she's doing. Cause it, it's first it's shock and disbelief. And then the, that makes so much sense. This thinking now, about now you every, say it, it makes so much sense. Every single time she's ever had an interaction with him, including finding Mordred about like why he was helping, how he was helping, how he has done this. I want her to go through every single episode. I want I want her to do a podcast yeah. about yeah about She's a retrospective. Well, now that I know, <laughs> let me go back and watch every single episode and tell you what I think about it. Uh, yeah, I just it great moment. She has she has a, a an incredible face where she's this realization is hitting her, and she, you could tell it's just almost too big for her. But she doesn't want to react in in any kind of way that would give anything make her vulnerable in any kind of way. So, mm. uh, and that's where the episode ends, and we get a episode preview, which looks like shit is going to go off next episode yeah Yeah. um it's part one of a two-parter two-part finale and Mm -hmm. that is wow just wow it's intense uh i can tell you that uh the at this time i believe the discord as we were watching it uh we were doing like some some watch alongs on sundays um and we the agreement was to, to watch all of this together right and so i like had to wait and did not want to do that. <laughs> did not want to do that at all. Yeah. Having to wait through these episodes, or and I think you even mentioned today of like, yeah, we're gonna have to do these back to back because I do not want to to wait between the mm-hmm. the f- to watch all all the finale. So I'm excited to get there. It's gonna be very very cool. Um, yeah, me too. I uh, I guess 
it's this is a weird episode. It brought out a lot of weird political feelings that I have. Um, and this happens with me with X-Men comics sometimes too, where it's real easy to be like, oh yeah, they were, they're hunted and feared for who they are. But like, if you really think about the stuff that the people are writing, you're like, wait a minute, that means that Xavier is a real shitbag. <laughs> why, why, why did he put mask on him? Like you start having like, it doesn't work because it's not, it's not written directly with that intention or it's not well thought right. through. Like we, we think about things nowadays. Um, that said, for all of the stuff that I said at the very beginning of the episode, actually going through and like thinking about how Arthur was, was actively trying to change things and actively doing it again, you do absolutely do not have to hand it to him. Um, and, but I, at least it makes me think now t- in dissecting the episode in detail with you, maybe they were actually trying to get there. Like they didn't give themselves yeah, a lot yeah. of runway to do it. And, they, and there's not a lot of runway left for the end of the series to get there, but at least maybe they were like, Oh shit, we probably should have to deal with this. Like we should probably talk about this stuff at some point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they've dealt with it in small ways, but in so much with Arthur, it always feels like he kind of resets a little bit. Um, but at the same time, while maybe his character feels like it resets on its stances on certain things, he comes to these de- decisions quicker. He finds that place in his heart where uh, he doesn't just follow the law. He gives them a second chance. You know, He's able to find that place much quicker this time. He's able to listen to his friends much easier this time. Um, but it's still a little bit too little too late. Yeah. Uh, but excellent episode. Like I think mm-hmm. in terms of just, again, moving plot forward and creating a sense of urgency for the end of the series – uh, creating, getting all of our actors t- together, and finally, Mordred Breaking Bad. They reveal that Merlin is actually Emerus to Morgana. Uh, I just can't wait to see how she reacts to that in the next episode. Uh, I bet, yeah. it, I bet it will be with violence <laughs> and much, much Probably. anger. Probably. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to. You see think she's just gonna like not believe him? I feel like she. I feel like it's one of those things where, like, as soon as you hear it, you're like, "A fucking course he is." Like, yeah. how did I not see it before? Like, it's just one of those like moments where you feel so fucking stupid for not realizing it beforehand. So, it's like it's yeah. she just had her own little FedEx logo moment where you're like, "Oh my god!" Now that I see it, I yeah. will never unsee now I it. See. Yeah. Um. Yeah. A, a great episode. I think a really good job. I'm still really enjoying Merlin. What about you? Any any last yeah. thoughts? Um, really like this episode. I can't wait to see how this all plays out uh thank you everybody for listening thank you to our patrons over patreon.com slash monster of the week very much appreciate everybody donating over there uh thank you for people leaving ratings and reviews and uh sharing the podcast with their friends it's very very much appreciated we love you all we'll be back next week to start the finale of merlin stay back to work after a long weekend mm-hmm. i've been so like stressed and anxious all day and i'm just like oh yeah i forgot this is what the baseline is like <laughs> you get a couple of days off you forget that everything sucks then you go back to work you're like ah that's right 
I'm uh I'm feeling pretty lucky. My my back to work day today was uh pretty light, all things considered. So I didn't have to. It wasn't very stressful, thankfully. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I think mine wasn't really either. It's just that mindset, the getting back in that work mindset sure. after you know just living free and easy for three whole days. That's Man, that's what it's all about. I say there's something magical about realizing at about five or six o'clock on a Sunday night. Uh, that you don't have to go to work the next day that shit oh, rules man. that is just oh, good you're man. like well maybe i will have that cocktail maybe maybe uh let's <laughs> let's put on that three-hour movie let's see what's going on on a sunday and then man i don't know about you but yesterday felt like uh just a whole other sunday like i was um uh i just i just like fucking vibed out on the couch all day it was yeah. it was brilliant i was vibing pretty hard uh it was like 90 degrees on sunday so, and I haven't put any of the air conditioners in or anything yet, so it's it was pretty brutal here. But then waking up Monday and it was like beautiful, gorgeous weather. The house had cooled down. Um, I had just beaten Zelda, you know, and so it was it was Monday really rescued me from that. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I'd, the weather has been remarkably chill here. Like it's just it feels like it's just now gearing up to get real, real shitty with this. So yeah. I'm, uh, we got a couple ninety degree days coming at the end of the week, so I'm gonna have to do something soon. Yeah. We uh, did I tell you I had to replace my air conditioner? It really sucked. You might have mentioned it, yeah. but I'm very upset about it. It, it. it cost a lot of money to do, and like there was yeah. the options involved were just all expensive. So it's just I was yeah. very even. Aggravated. Dude, even just get like a window unit, it's like four hundred bucks. I'm like, I don't, I like, I need a new TV. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. could be sweaty. <laughs> I could be sweaty and in 4K, or I could be yeah. uh, cold and in 1080p. Yeah. Which one is it going to yeah. be? You beat Zelda. Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom is is you, uh-huh. you finished it. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, I have uh, literally only done two of the big four things uh, that you have to do for the one of the main quests, uh, and I just got all of the towers today. Mm-hmm. So I finally mm-hmm. like opened up the entire map, um, and then I spent what felt like three hours. Uh, I got one of those maps. And it was like, mm-hmm. there's a treasure over here. So I'm like, let me go get that treasure. It's been good every time. Uh, it ended up being one of those like weird places underground that you couldn't get to without going in a very specific way. Mm. Uh, so I ended up getting like all of the light routes around this, where the little X was from the map, which was mm-hmm. really frustrating. And then I was like, oh, okay, I have to go this. Spe-. And it like, kind of matched what was happening upstairs too. So I was like, okay, this, yeah. this makes sense. Built my little hover bike. Uh, cruised over there, rested a little bit so I could recharge my battery, rolled in. Turns out it was an underground tunnel, uh, and I literally just floated over every single... It looked like a fucking gauntlet of enemies down there. (laughs) (laughs) It looked like it was just a horrifying experience. Like, they wanted you to fucking grind. And I get all the way down through the middle, and it, like, does this weird spiral thing, uh, and then finally get in, open up the light route, uh, yay, everybody's happy, get my prize. Um, and then I was like, okay, time to come record. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to get back to it. We got we to gotta go quick so you can get back to it. Um, it's been, it, I can't, I, I can't feel like I can't even talk about Zelda because my whole weekend was unintentionally endgame. When I, I realized at a certain point, I'm, oh, I'm here. Am, am I really, am I just going to bite the bullet? Am I going to go for it? And I did. And I'm glad I did because I, it was it was so good i just can't talk about it i have to just wait until everybody finishes it the one thing i'll say is that i went into this final challenge vastly unprepared 
I didn't really have the supplies that I should have had on me because again, I just sort of found my way in there and then suddenly was like, Hmm, okay. Um, I had not really upgraded very much armor. I, I've only, I only went to one fairy the one time upgraded a few like low level things, but other than that did nothing. Um, and still managed to, to get through that final hurdle in a, in a pretty reasonable amount of time. So if you're out there upgrading armor, upgrading all your hearts, doing all the things that this game, you know, lets you do, you're going to, you're going to cruise right through the, um, the final challenge, but it was incredibly good. It's worth all the time that you put into it. I loved it. And that's all I will say on that. <laughs> I'm definitely going to continue playing the game more because there's a million, million things. Oh yeah. That's it's, it's that I have not done. Stuff. There's pro- yeah. this, you know, probably genuine, like, I, 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 based on what I've done, there's probably at least double the amount more that I haven't done. Yeah. Um, this game is so huge, and I, in as we talked about, I think last week, I was definitely like focused on, in on like let me do all the main things. I I did the four first main things that it asks you to do. There's some more stuff um, after that. And then the memories is another like main quest thing I think, mm-hmm. and those I actually found sort of by accident. I had nine of them at a certain point, and then realized, oh, I've got like what, like two more, however many there are. Yeah, there's twelve. Let me just total. go. Yeah. Let me just go find them. <laughs> like I got that close, like by accident. So let me just go find the others. I was uh, um, I was really keen on getting all of those after um, I got one that was like, oh shit, and then uh, so I started uh-huh. collecting them pretty hot and heavy after that, and and it's pretty easy, like. Once you hit a once you hit a tower and you get thrown up in the air, you just look around. And you're like, okay, there it is. Like, and I'm just yep, gonna go from gonna float over. Um, the one place you go to for a quest, I can't remember, where you see like a map of where they all are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like Link stands, and so I just took a photo of that and just referenced that whenever I needed. Yeah, like yeah, an in-game yeah. photo, not with my phone. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did the same thing. I was like, oh, let me take a screenshot of this, and so I can yeah. go. I have one of those left. Um, the one that I got the other day or yesterday, like the one before this, was like some mind-blowing, I don't know a lot about Zelda lore, but how could this possibly fit in with Skyward Sword <laughs> and Twilight Princess and everything I know about Zelda lore and all these games being tied together. So I'm, I'm very curious. I'd heard um, before the game ever came out, and this is all speculation, so I don't, I don't know how true any of this stuff is. Mm. Um, and maybe you and I will sit down and have like a spoiler cast to talk about some of this stuff, fun. I think. Um, but I had heard that they were going to one of the efforts in this game was to reunite the timelines of Zelda because hmm. famously there's 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 a moment in Zelda history where it's like oh well the the hero of time succeeded or the hero of time failed and it branches the timeline and there's games on each each one of those right uh, and this was going to be an effort to like reunite those and I'm I don't know if it if it's doing that I just know it's playing it's it's playing playing some weird shit for, <laughs> so that in the timeline I'm very confused by it so. I have some things I'm curious about, and I just won't even say anything because that's no fun. Um, it's no fun for me to speculate from this end. I had a, um, a, but I'm excited to watch YouTube videos. You know what I mean? I, like the whole yeah. world of spoilers has opened up to me that I can just dive in. The uh, the thing that happened to me the other day is I was exploring around in the depths, and um, I got to an area, uh, and I wasn't really paying attention to where I was, like compared to the overhead map. I had just like mm-hmm. gone in and was just roaming around, and I got to a light route. And there was a weird thing because uh, there was like a light route immediately next to it, and then a third one, mm. and then a fourth one. <laughs> and I was like, "This is really fucking weird. <laughs> what is yeah. what is going on?" Uh, and then I, 
I, I eventually like found a connection to the surface. So I just went up and was like, "Oh, this is where I am. This is this is like a very specific area that Breath of the Wild people or Tears of the Kingdom people would would specifically know." Um, and then like you know the main guy in that area was like, "Ooh, not feeling good." And I'm like, "What the fuck do I need to?" And so I found like yeah. a little hole and i was like well let me dive in this hole and see what's in and then there was just it was horrible it was horrible down there i met a there was just instant boss fight before the boss fight there's a a fight with an absolutely terrifying enemy that i had to get to that game to that point defeated it all just literally ran away from every time it popped up um and then beat that guy and was like oh i am the best and then all of a sudden spawn in like now all of a sudden there's a boss name and a boss health bar and i'm like what in the fuck it and it's and it's kind of felt like a major one and I just randomly fell into that. Like I wasn't, I wasn't trying. Like I didn't have a quest for that or anything. Uh-huh. I just kind of uh-huh. stumbled uh-huh. into it. I was like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me!" That's the best part of it. That is that. That's that's what that's what makes it so good. The f- first time that I fought the the health bar that you're talking about was I don't even remember where I was. It was somewhere that I was very familiar with from Breath of the Wild, not the same place you're talking about. Uh, but it was just like, oh, yeah, I remember coming to this because I remember thinking this area was very significant when really, no, it's not. It just looks nice and I like it. <laughs> um, so I'm exploring that area and then, there, you know, there's some gloom around and then the gloom ca- crept up on me. And it was the first time that I fought back against it successfully and did not run away. And then a fucking health bar appeared, a boss health bar. And I did not survive that. <laughs> <laughs> I was I got I was pretty impressed that I got made my way through it. But also uh, I spent conservatively four hours uh either saturday or sunday morning i think it was sunday uh unlocking all of the great fairies and then going through and upgrading every single possible piece of gear that i had uh as much as i could so like mm. my default hillian armor is 20 armor for each piece holy smokes yeah it, it fucking bops dude <laughs> so, i had five my armor rating was five <laughs> mine was 60 <laughs> so. no wonder i was getting fucking smoked in <laughs> yeah dude it's, i had to i had to memorize the final boss like it was a souls boss which i in the end i loved that it happened this way sure um because mm-hmm. i couldn't take any fucking damage it was it would smoke me um so i just was like I felt very cool. I felt like I was playing Sekiro in a way, but it was there was a little bit of frustration leading up to that because it took me like 30, 40 minutes. I texted you and I was like, hey, I'm at this place. I could leave. I could go upgrade my stuff, make some better food, do all the things that you need to do to be successful in this game. Or I could just stubbornly put my face against this until it's done. <laughs> That's what I decided to do. Because um, you, you, you I want to talk about it so bad, but I can't. You mentioned that you had... Um, you would have had to repeat a bunch of stuff, right? Like that was the reason that you were, you were, yeah, there was no, like I, as far as I'm aware, I couldn't just like fast travel back. I would have had to like go through a big section again. And I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, It's interesting. I'll, uh, it would have been like, I either go back and then I, I play for another week and then next weekend I come back and try to do this again. Or I just, you know, buckle up and get through this. Yeah. I don't know. I feel, I have a, a kind of, I don't remember what I did with breath of the wild. I feel like I did, everything that i could possibly do before fighting ganon and then after i fought ganon i was like okay i'm done i don't want to play this game what i remember you and i did the exact same thing with breath of the wild where you were playing for like a few weeks before i finally was like okay i'm gonna pick it up again too i'll I'll try it again um and i think i finished the game in like 40 50 hours just had like i did a bunch of the stuff but then i kind of just like this time honed in on the on the target and and finished the game and you did what you're doing now you were like explored everything did all the side content basically and then you finally went for the for the finale yeah i think i feel like 
because I feel like that's such it caps off like the game in such yeah. a way. I'm sure, yeah. like I'm guessing, yeah. like this is how Breath of the Wild is. But just in my, my my gut feeling is that like I if I if I do a big thing and I defeat a big guy, I'm not going to want to be like let's explore the sky islands and find a star I, fragment yeah. anymore. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm, and I'm really vibing with just like, I want there to There is a wander. part of me that's already like that. Even though I did go back in and I did play some more, but it's, I was so satisfied with the experience. Exactly. But I, yeah. I was just like, I could put this controller down and not touch it again and I can be fine. But it just, it's such a great game that it feels like I don't, I don't want to step away from it. Mm. Although I did immediately hop back into Dragon Quest. Cause, <laughs> you know, I've been clamoring about this and I, I'm like, okay, I'm like actually like right at the end. I can do this now. I think I'm actually going to beat it. Maybe this week. Is this the the real ending, or is this the just the first? This ending? will be the real ending. This will be the true true ending because I got the you know rolled credits the first time around, and and, I've, and I did it the second time around as well. But yeah, to get that true ending, to do the like, the third act of the game, you have to do all these these trials. Yeah. And in my head, I think I thought that they were this more extreme version of what they are but they're no it just seems like it's just goes the only thing is that when you get to the boss fight at the end of these like dungeons that you go through there's three dungeons it gives you a a move limit like you you have to defeat this boss within 30 turns um and that's actually way easier than the game made it seem like it was gonna be sure. so it's just been fine <laughs> excuse me i don't mean to yawn in your in your ear no i feel you dragon quest hey you want to talk about merlin because you're like well, I was gonna. Uh, we're at, I was gonna tell we're you. At the gates. Uh, we're 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 at the gates. But I want to tell you real quick. Uh, speaking of finishing things, I finished the Expanse. I don't know if you remember. Oh, like, yeah. Two weeks ago, I was like, "We're starting the Expanse again." Well, I watched all six seasons of the Expanse within a couple wow. of weeks. Uh, that show, I, I I I know recommendations are poison, and people don't have time for a lot of things. But uh, I just I, I I think you especially with your Mass Effect mm. vibes, would really, really dig what that show is doing. Or it Can I romance Garrus? You can't romance the Garrus. There's, uh, mm. d- but there is, like, and it, it's, you know, it, it has some sex stuff in it, but it's also just, like, really representational. Like, <laughs> it does have some representation, let me say it that way. Uh, like, yeah, 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 there's yeah. just, like, queer couples that are just queer. There's a polycool kind of situation that's just, like, there. There's no, like, justification for it or anything. Like, they don't, mm-hmm. they don't make it a thing. It's just like, oh, no, these people are just this way. Like, it's, it's you know, 2300 yeah, yeah. or whatever. Whatever. um but also like just the the overall like thing and this it's really such a bummer because the 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 tv show ends uh i don't remember exactly how many books but i think there's like two more books after the where the tv show ends and so they're they're just introducing some of like the coolest shit in the world uh right when the tv show has to end like they just they, did they just decide to end it or did it get canceled it well so it got canceled on sci-fi and then amazon picked it up and did two seasons and then i think they just were like hey we're gonna give you two seasons to do an ending um I and i don't even know that like the books the full series had been out at that point maybe it had i'm not i'm not sure but uh it's just such a bummer because the the actual book series is is it finishes in such a phenomenal Phenomenal fashion. It's one of the most satisfying conclusions to any kind of epic story I've ever read. Um, and and this and the TV show ends well, but like it's one of those things where at the beginning, be- season six is the last season, and at the beginning of every episode in season six, like they introduce you to like this concept or these characters. And by the end of it, you're like, why did they do that? <laughs> like they never showed up. <laughs> what? And it was, and it's all just seeding stuff that was coming from from a, coming down the line. But uh, but it's still like you could tell they were hoping for a conclusion or hoping for more. Well, at but least like, it's the type of thing where if you finish the series and you're like really really clamoring you can go you can just go it's not like game of thrones where the game where the books don't exist yet and it's one of those things too that it's really really rare for me where the 
the the book and the TV show like make each other better in a way because ah. if you have read the books and you're watching the TV show, it's real easy to like keep track of everything that's going on. Even though they like remove parts whole cloth, most of the characterization work is all the same, and it makes sense. And like if you know some of the backstories of the stuff, you're just more into it. And then on the flip side, uh, all of the TV show characters are so well cast that like it gives you a great visual going into the book. So like mm. you know, Carmita Drummer fucking Kara G is Carmita drummer. She looks so fucking cool in the show that like, she is just instantly my, my drummer in the books as well. So you got, I actually prefer that. I know that that might be like sacrilege, but it's so easy to get lost with fantasy and sci-fi novels, especially when you're starting off on some big thing. I don't know if I would have loved game of Thrones, the novel, if I hadn't watched season one of the show, um, or at least, I don't know, I think I read half the book maybe, but I suddenly was like, I'm now into this. I am a fan because I've seen most of the TV show. Now I need to go and finish this book. Uh, and it put, you know, you saw, faces to names. Because you saw Kit yeah. Harrington's hair and you were like, okay, I saw his hair and this, I is, thought, this is my guy. Yes. This is my dude. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. now let me go see what he's, yes. what he's up to. It's so funny. Um, I don't know if this is true, and we may have talked about this, but did you uh, that that Jon Snow series that they were trying to do, I think, got, mm. got canceled, and it was uh, mostly because... Um, I'm terrible with actor names. Uh, oh, uh, da- Amelia Clark. Right? Amelia Clark and Daenerys, like... were, Daenerys both were like, please don't do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Yeah. We'll see if that, if that comes to be because they did announce that they're doing the Dunkin' Egg yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what, what's the, what they're actually calling it. I don't think it's Dunkin' Egg, but um, yeah. I'm, we'll, I'm Dunkin' Egg of the Clan Egg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we could talk about Merlin. I just wanted to rant about the expanse and uh um, yeah. wow. hmm. Should I watch it? It's I mean it's it's pretty good. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty good. Berlin, Berlin. Understand, but 